All right, Matthew chapter 16. Excited. Here we go. Um, okay, in verse 4, it says, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of Jonah. And he left them and departed. The sign of Jonah. Does that suggest his resurrection? Ah, yes, <laughs> you are. You Did you look that up? No, you just mentioned it before. It came up before the three days. Yes. Jonah and three days. But I just wanted to make sure I was right. Yeah, uh, Jonah three days in the belly of the whale. Jesus three days in the belly of the earth. And then his resurrection. That's the sign they would be given. Awesome. Very good, Delaney. <laughs> okay. Um, so then verse... 13 again. It's the be belly of the fish, by the way, <laughs> for those of you who are going to freak out over my use of whale. Wait, what? It what was a mean? fish. It wasn't a, it wasn't a whale. Does it, does it say whale in the Bible? No. Who, who said whale? It says giant fish. I guess people thought, well, let's think of an animal that could hold a man. And so we sort of changed it to whale. Huh. But no, the, the one, there are no whales that could hold a man in that area of the earth. And two, uh, the Hebrew says it was a giant fish, great fish. Yeah, which doesn't even make much sense because yeah. what size fish could hold a man? And like, yeah, but no, it's great fish. Wait, where do you learn that? Where did you learn that? No studying. <laughs> <laughs> Same way I learned everything. But how you know... There aren't, there weren't whales in that area. Because I looked weird. it up and then I've looked at critics and I've looked at the whole story and yeah. yeah. A fish doesn't seem right. I know it doesn't. No, like, it That doesn't. sounds grotesque. Yeah. So I think that didn't seem right to other people. So they just inserted <laughs> whale. <laughs> well, I don't blame them. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi mm -hmm. and he asked the disciples saying who do men say that the son of man is at this point at this point what does son of man mean it means that's Jesus favorite title for himself and it just refers to him being the savior of man and it's a, a title he borrows from Daniel so that's who do people say that the son of man is who are people saying that I am I'm the son of man who do they say that I am that's all it is. It's just a title he likes to use for himself. I've, it, savior of man. No, son of man. It's borrowed from the Old Testament. And he, has, he takes that title and meaning I am the son of humankind. I embody all of humanity because I'm here to save humanity. I'm the son of man. And yeah, and he only uses son of God, I think, twice in all of the narrative. Okay. Yeah. If if that, maybe only once. It's like son, the son of for man is a really different son of than God. Oh, yeah. Are they the same words in the original language? For son of man and son of God. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're son not the of. Yeah. Son of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but the, the like implication of them is really different. It's different. It's a title of humility that he uses mm -hmm. because he condescended and took on flesh so I'm the son of man. What do the, the, who do you think I am? You know, why am I here? My flesh, what am I doing? Who do you, who are they? Am I the Messiah who has promised to come or not? That's mm. really what he's asking. Yeah. Like son of God to me has always implied 
it, it, he's the son of God, meaning it like gives him power. Yeah. So, but son of man is like the inverse. It gives, it humbles him. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, the disciples responded with some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So what does son of man mean to them? Same thing. Or like, they don't, do they know what the son of man is? They know what he's talking about there. They do. They know he's saying, who are people saying I am in terms of, am I the Messiah? Okay. And they say, no, some people think you're John the Baptist who's some, preparing the way for the Messiah. So, oh, so people didn't know John the Baptist was John the Baptist? A lot of people, I guess, didn't. I don't know, but oh, they, they're saying something. It's almost synonymous because they're saying some people say that you're the John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah, who was prophesied by the Jews to prepare the way for the Messiah, but not the Messiah himself. Okay. So they're saying, come on, he's coming. And some say you're the guy who's mentioned in Jeremiah or okay. you're the return of Jeremiah. So everybody's given a different opinion of who he is. So when they say something like John the Baptist or Elijah, that's like referring to a type of thing that's supposed to come from those people, not yeah, specific people. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because they could not have known that John the Baptist uh, was the one. They couldn't say, hey, He's John the Baptist because they wouldn't even know who John the Baptist is. So he represents right. the one to come and prepare the way. Okay. Yeah. In the same way that they, they know the Messiah is coming. Yeah. They don't know it's same Jesus. Way. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Um, then in, it goes on to verse 15. He saith unto them, but who say ye that I am? Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. Um, so we discussed it. Oh, oh, uh, well, I was just about to ask the difference between Son of Man and Son of God, but you just kind of went over that. But Simon knows that Jesus is the Son of God, but doesn't know that he's the Son of Man too. I just asked that. No, but he knows he's both. He's, he's professing that he's the Messiah, the Son of God. That's okay. what he's saying. Sorry, but this I'm getting kind of into the weeds, but do they know that Son of Man and Son of God are synonymous? Yeah, they know Son of Man is the Messiah and the Messiah is the Son okay. of God. Okay. So he's admitting both there. All right, sorry. Okay. It's okay. So what does he mean? What does it mean? Blessed art thou for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. It's, it is a huge question. The Catholics say one thing, oh. Protestants say another, Mormons say another. Huh. Yeah. So uh, in this whole section, there's differences of opinion as to what actually is being said. So the first presentation is Jesus says, listen, blessed are you, Peter, Simon, son of uh, Barjona, flesh and blood. You haven't learned this from a scribe. You haven't learned this from a man. You haven't learned it from me. You've had the witness of the spirit, flesh and blood. God, my father has told mm. you this. You've had the right witness of who I am. So you didn't learn this by tradition. You learned it from the spirit is really the best de definition of that. Flesh That's and blood. the best, best definition. Probably. Not, what do the other religions say? Um, help say that? Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to thee. What, how does he finish it? But uh, my father, which is in heaven. I think they all uh, view yeah. that the same way. It's the next verse that uh, becomes... 
18. Different. And also, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Yeah, oh, there it comes. That's yeah. one of the most debated <laughs> passages in all of Scripture. That, well, it's, uh, yeah, I had questions. Why is Why does he change his name to Peter? Why is it Peter who he built his church upon? Yeah, and what does it mean? But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can ask that about every verse, but... Okay, the going. Catholics say that right there... Jesus said, Peter, you're the rock, and upon you, I am going to build my church, Catholicism. Mm. And so they trace their lineage of authority back to Peter. Call him the first patriarch, the first uh, prophet of the church, and they just have a succession, mm. okay? The Mormons say that uh, Jesus says, you are Peter, and upon this rock of revelation, the spirits told you, Peter, who I am. So upon revelation, I'm going to build my church. Wow. Yeah. And then Christians say that he says, Peter, you are Petros, which means little pebble. <laughs> okay. That's what it means. And, and Jesus says, you're Petros upon this rock, me that you've just testified, I am who I am, I will build my church. Wow. There are the three major interpretations of that passage. Isn't that fascinating? Wow. Wait, upon this rock, I will build my church. Yes. Catholics, upon Peter. Mormons, upon the revelation that the Spirit gave to Peter of who Jesus was. And Jesus, Peter, your little rock, upon this rock. Because in the Old Testament, he, the Messiah, is called the Rock with a capital R. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And Peter, Peter here is, in the original text, is it a proper noun name or does it say Little Rock? It's, it's Petros and it's translated Little Pebble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. I, I do that just to let the Catholics know. <laughs> Peter is not the guy that the church was built on. And we'll come to information that will clarify that. But I don't want to offend you if you want to believe that you can. But yeah. Okay. Huh. But it's, it, the Christian version of it doesn't really make sense to me because he, get, he says, I say unto thee, you're Peter. Yeah. He renamed him Peter. Remember that. Right there. That, we haven't Peter. heard Peter before this. I think he renames him Peter somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, I guess, yeah, it says, and Simon Peter answered. Yeah. So Peter was. Yeah, he was Simon, and Jesus said, I'm going to call you Petros. <laughs> Little rock. Yeah. Little, Little rock. pebble, sorry. Um, but he says, You're Peter. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me that right there, this rock this rock would then switch back to him calling himself the rock and then go again. I will give unto thee keys of the kingdom. Of that's heaven. right. And that's why the Catholics say the Protestant view is just insane. It kind yeah. of is yeah. going a little far, but you would have to know the Hebrew way of talking. You'd have to be there sitting with him. And so just try to imagine that he's like, okay, I've named you Peter. Remember? Yeah. And so he's like Simon Peter, you know, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the evidence is that Peter was not the first one upon which he built his church will come forward later. So we'll just talk about it as okay. it comes forward. Well, but the Catholics would love you. 
because they would say, well, you interpret it better than the Protestants do. Well, it's just like, I realize this is giving an account and that we weren't there, but it's also a, an account that has been written. Yeah. So it's like there was a deliberate way it was written and mm -hmm. it, I feel like they would clarify and to in good writing, they would clarify referring to himself and this rock. You know and what I, and mean? I would, I would counter that with, they didn't know they were writing to anybody in the future. They were just writing a history and they thought but everybody, writing a history. I know, but they would, they would think it was just for the people around them. They didn't think anybody was going and that everybody around them would get what was being said because they're reading the Greek and it says, and so when you read the Greek, it says, Hey, you're Simon, little pebble. Okay. Mm -hmm. Upon this rock. And they would get that. And that's why I like it better because they didn't go to extremes to try to clarify it. Yeah. It's just a conversation. Yeah. But like, so I could see how if the Greek, like that Greeks would understand the writing mm -hmm. and that's where the mishap is. Mm -hmm. But it, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I, yeah. I, Okay, we'll just move on. Um, no, but your point is good, Delaney. And, but it comes back to this, which is troubling for many, many, many people. And many people, they throw this, what I'm about to say to you, right out the window. Mm -hmm. Okay? God seeks those who diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. And so the things aren't plain. And so it requires digging. Mm -hmm. If you want to find gold in your backyard, you're going to have to dig. If you want to find the truths, you got to dig. And so you have to research those things. Or you can take the, imperson the impressions of someone who reads the Bible in English and then says, that doesn't make too much sense. I'm going with the Catholic version, right? Because to your and my logic, that makes, it makes the most. But when you read the Greek and you understand what is really being said there, you know, and so we might as well just talk about this now. Later on, when Jesus is gone, all the apostles get together in Jerusalem to decide on an issue. Peter isn't the one who takes the lead discussion and makes the decision about what's to happen. Mm -hmm. James does. Mm -hmm. If he was the one upon whom Jesus was building his church, then Peter would have stood up and said, we're doing this and this and this. Instead, Peter keeps fumbling around and doing all kinds of crazy stuff that he messes up. Mm -hmm. So if Jesus is telling him, listen, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed who I am to you. That is so wonderful. Blessed are you. But Peter, you're a little rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, this leads us to another really important point. Have the gates of hell prevailed against Christianity in the world? Yes, it has brought in molestations. It's brought in false doctrine. It's brought in all kinds of murders and killings in the name of Jesus. He's talking about his church being built on him, that little tiny ecclesia. That's what it's talking about. Not mm. some big monolithic worldwide religion. Mm. Okay, I just had to say that. Mm. How's our time? Doesn't matter. Good. Keep going. Um, five I minutes. I need to wet my whistle. Keep Sorry going. for the audio on this. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I, so, sorry, I just have to follow up. It yeah. does make sense more in context that he would be saying in this rock. Yeah. Just like generally, why would all of a sudden he just like hand Peter the church and be like, and yeah. it's so short and he's just like this rock, you know. And the, know. so re just read the next verse and he tells him what. Oh, um, sorry. Then he charged 
Then charged he the disciples that they should tell no man that he is the Christ. No, 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 the one before that. Oh, oh, sorry. I will give unto thee the king keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so let me explain uh -huh. that. Three different views. Yes. The Catholics. Peter is the rock upon which the church will be built, and Peter, from him come all the keys to understanding the mysteries of God through our, through our popes. The Mormons say that Peter was given the keys, but those keys were lost. So Joseph Smith had Peter, James, and John come back and give him the keys oh my to undo everything that Jesus would build his kingdom upon. And so Mormonism is the true church. Oh my gosh. But what does a key do? Opens a lock. Typically a lock. And when we think of a key, we typically think of a... Door. Door, right. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus said, Peter, upon uh, I will give you the keys to this kingdom, right? So what does Peter do in the future? First, day of Pentecost, he opens up the gospel and brings the Holy Spirit in on the day of Pentecost. It's Peter who mm -hmm. does it. Mm -hmm. Second thing, Peter goes and he brings the gospel to the Gentile world, not the Jews. Mm -hmm. So he opens the door on both of those occasions, and that's the better explanation of the key that Peter was given, the keys. Mm -hmm. He would open. Paul's the one who went to the Gentiles, but Peter is still the one who opened the doors of the Holy Spirit to come and then for the Gentiles to get the gospel. Mm -hmm. Got it? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Bound and loosed on earth. That's all you, that's... It's, it's actually a complicated uh, explanation, but bottom line, he's saying, what you will do here will be acceptable in heaven because I know you're going to be led by the Spirit and I'm leaving my church in you guys' hands. Mm. Okay, So what you bind here, what you say is binding, will be binding in heaven and what you say is loosed here, freed, will be loosed in heaven. It's actually the opposite meaning, but I don't want to go into it with you. Loosed actually means oh. to be freed and bound means to be tied up. Oh. So it's a different meaning. But bottom line, what you say here on earth will be done in heaven. That that premise is odd to me, though. How come? What they, what they are doing translates to heaven. What, what they're they doing. Do. Right. What they do as apostles. Yeah. Yes. So Jesus dies and leaves. And they go out and they're over his church. Uh -huh. And what they say and do, it, if they say, hey, you should die, they die. You know, here in heaven, they represented Christ. They witnessed his resurrection. They would give their lives for it. They would all die for it. Mm. And so they were given power of the Holy Spirit to carry on what Jesus did. That is crazy. You know what Jesus tells them? He says, you're going to do greater works than I did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He tells them that. Yeah. And you think, that's a man. They were especially called, trained, and appointed to go out and take his bride, pure little church, yeah. and keep her right. They messed up, though. They did mess up. Yeah. That's Peter especially. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, they continually mess up. But... Remember, after the Jesus ascends, the Holy Spirit comes, and they're not going to mess up in terms of what will guide his little church at that time. They, they, didn't. they didn't mess up in that way, no, because they taught the correct doctrine. They taught the right practices. Personally, Peter messed up, 
personally, Peter had a few mistakes along the way. But, uh, you know, bottom line, there have been. And, and maybe yeah. that's the point. And that's what many people would say. Okay. Okay. I, I, eventually, they stopped messing up, though. Like, during this story, at least up until now, what I have is Jesus will do something. And even still, we'll get to it. But, like, God speaks to them. And immediately after, they, like, don't yeah. get what Jesus is talking about. Yeah, and it just shows you, look, forget about human beings. You don't look to them. They're not going to be right. They're going to mess up. We don't look to Peter, Paul. We don't look to men. We look to Jesus and what he did. But at that yeah. time for the church, and remember, Jesus is still with them. So Peter is yeah. always messing up. Okay, all right. Um... um It, it's maybe just worth mentioning he I didn't realize Jesus hasn't told the disciples that he's going to die and resurrect at that point. No, but he will uh, reveal that over and over and over again. Okay. And they still won't get it. Okay. Shoot. I have a few more questions. Keep going. Let's go, go over. Long. People okay. like it. Okay. Um, uh, verse 16. He turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> he says, I'm going to leave the kingdom in your hand. And Peter <laughs> automatically does what Peter does. And he says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I love it. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's like, okay, Peter was a piece of work, man. He gives me hope that God loves us. <laughs> um, Wait, but maybe not should be more evident to be, but what is Jesus's relation to Satan at this point for him to say, get thee behind me, Satan. And he, I realize it's probably just like, yeah, it's just him saying you're yeah. being influenced by the dark here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's who is your Lord as you do what you're doing. So get behind me. Don't get in my way. <laughs> but what is Satan? Satan is, Satan is the opposer, the accuser of the brethren. Okay. He has the, you know, you uh, just sold your house, mm -hmm. right? You gave the title deed to the new owner. Mm. But while you were in it, you had the title deed to that house. Okay. okay? Satan had the title deed to the world okay. because he got Adam and Eve to fall. So he was still in operation then, and he was still tempting and trying and accusing people. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Verse 27, for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father and with his angels, and then he shall render unto every man according to his deeds. Yeah. Hefty, yeah. son of man shall come to the glory of his father, and then every person will be evaluated for their deeds. Yes. Is that right? Yes, and that continues on today. That continues on today. Continues on today, yeah. That's lost in the uh, abundant <coughs> message of grace in the scripture. The Christians take it and they just lose that message. Mm -hmm. But bottom line, Paul says, do not fool yourself. Uh, uh, you will reap what you sow, mm. okay? So here's the way it works. You're judged and rewarded according to your labors in li life, mm. okay? But by faith, you enter the kingdom. So you believe you'll enter the kingdom, but what will, you be, what will your reward be? That's based on what you did with your faith and your life, mm. yeah? It was applicable to them then. Then, the and way. I believe it's applicable to us now. Yeah. Otherwise, God is not just, and Hitler should be in heaven partying with everybody who gave their life and suffered. I don't think that's a just God. 
So I think we, you know, that's, it's, it's a very heavy concept, but bottom line, you can't just say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior and not follow him. It's empty words. Real following would do his will because you love him. Mm-hmm. And that's repeated through the scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to them, he's talking about 70 AD destruction. When he returns, everybody will be judged according. That's what he's talking about there at the end. Yeah. yeah. Like that. So it is different. It does have different, yeah, application, different application here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because then... Is this like, this has to be a huge verse that you use as fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Verily I say unto you, some men stand here. Huge. Who shall in no wise taste of death. Yeah. Till they see the Son of Man coming in the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that passage is there? Why are you laughing? Because uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish, finish it. it and you... <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's enormous. It's an enormous passage to prove Now, of course, religions come up with all kinds of interpretations of what he's saying there, which Mm. are so ridiculous when you hear them. What are they? Uh, That they think Jesus is saying, there are some of you here who won't die before you see me go to the Mount of Transfiguration, which is coming next chapter, Mm -hmm. and meet with Moses and Elijah. Mm. That's him coming into his kingdom. That's how they interpret it. That's not what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you would wonder if that's true, why he would say, there's some of you standing here who won't die. And then the next day he has that experience. You know, why would he be so dramatic? Mm. What he's saying there is some of you will be here when I return. Plain as day. Yeah. And they were. Really John. plain as day. Yeah, it's plain it's, as day. It's That's not... That's the least confusing of the verses yeah. in the chapter, honestly. Yeah. How, do- how dogmatic could he be? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's that for this episode. Join us again next time. Yay, yay.